little wins add up to big results. So you do these little things, all of a sudden you do those for a year, like uh, a river, a river in a mountain took uh, a million years of raindrops to make that river. So to think that anything you're going to do, if you're great at something day one, you just got lucky. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you need to put in the time to be good at it. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, the inbound evangelist himself, Dan Moyle. Welcome to the Storytellers Network podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. I am smiling big because I am inspired. In this episode, we get to hear from Dominic Damaski. Dominic uh, came to me through connections on Facebook. Uh, he is driven to inspire and motivate people and fellow authors through his books, motivational speaking, and publishing. He's also the human behind Motivation Champs and encourages others by sharing his life experiences. And his motto, let no failure define you. And we cover that in the conversation about what failure looks like for storytellers. Uh, and I'm here to tell you, he does not disappoint. By the end of our conversation, I was inspired and I hope you are too. And I felt like I had gained a new friend. So I hope for that is you for you as well. Um, today, Dominic Damaski shares with the Storytellers Network his video storytelling craft, his successes and stumbles. In other words, his story. And as we do get into that conversation today, a friendly reminder, visit the storytellersnetwork.com for more episodes, for how to contact me and for other resources to help you tell your story. And if you're new, text storytellers to 31996 to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, text storytellers to 31996. Now, let's get to the stories. There you have it. Thanks for joining me, Dominic. Appreciate you taking time to uh, come to the Storytellers Network and tell your story, man. Thanks. Hey, Dan. I'm honored to be on. So I like to uh, to find out where everybody is. You know, my, my thought is we can be storytellers anywhere. I have a home office for my business. I'm in Southwest Michigan, which is not a storytelling capital of the world. Uh, so when it comes to the video storytellers this season, I'm really interested to find out where everybody is. So where are you at, Dominic? I am proud to say I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the city of champions. <laughs> Very nice. That's awesome. And do you find that the video storytelling world there is pretty, uh, pretty robust? You know, what's interesting is not only is the video storytelling world robust, but the movie industry is kicking around here. Oh, yeah? So like in my hometown, I live about 30 minutes from Pittsburgh all of a sudden Tom Hanks was here this week. They're filming like the new Mr. Rogers. So everybody's shooting, uh, getting pictures of him at like Starbucks and things like that. So there is, there's a lot going on. That's and then awesome. when, when you got that big thing going on, like other people start saying, huh, okay, what's going on here? Maybe I could do something. Yeah. Why is Tom there? I should be there. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So do you consider yourself a storyteller, Dominic? I do. I am, I am an author, a speaker, um, a writer, a publisher, but one of the things I like to say is I used to go out and I talked about 
like I thought in my head, motivational speaking, that's, that's, that's what I do. But over the years, I realized when what I like to do is storytell. So rather than getting up there and boom, 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 it's more, I'm, I'm just telling a story. I'm, you know, I'm a guy who pulled weeds and got beat up and washed dishes. And, and that's kind of the story I tell them from the perspective I, I talk about. You know, I, I don't mind telling about the time I got butter wiped in my hair in high school. You know, that's just, that's who I am. So I consider myself a, a storyteller. And now through video and other things, as you, as I evolve, I don't try to be who I'm not. I just tell my story my way. And, and if you think back, where did, where did that kind of solidify for you other than like, okay, I'm a motiva- motivational speaker, but I'm also a storyteller. Did that, that kind of solidify for you even before that? Were you a storyteller growing up at all? Or? And if I was, nobody listened. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was a talker. Uh, so nobody's ever asked me a question like that. And I remember watching Stand By Me when I was a, a kid. And that movie, Stand By Me just spoke to me so much and then I remember like I goofed off in school and acted like an idiot and (laughs) got beat up uh, coincidentally but uh, I remember when I was in college I wrote I wrote some things and I started to care more a little about writing and my papers would have all red marks on them but the teacher one day like he would select the best three and almost every time my stories would get put up on the thing and, and the teacher would even say there, there's red marks all over this guy's paper, but he has something to say. And so that, that always, that planted a seed and I never intended to be a writer or a storyteller. And then as my career evolved and I, I went broke in the restaurant business, I lost half a million bucks. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so the reason I mention that is because, I got a job in sales and one of their things was um, write your goals down, write your goals down. And from writing your goals down, all of a sudden my goals became sentences, sentences became chapters. And then I had my first book and that's, that's how it was born. And and one of your goals was don't lose $500,000, right? (laughs) After that, man. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. My wife allows me zero startup in any business now. So with the motivation champs and the inspiration sharing, that was something like in 2005, I started a, it was called successtrader.org. It was before I wrote anything. I just tried to share inspiration on, through a website, but back then this was before social media hit and everything like that. I didn't know anything about designing websites or so like you'd press a link and the next page would be blank. And I mean, it felt, it felt miserably, but now I just keep evolving, telling the story more and more. And that's how it's going. Smart woman to keep that budget low. Um, yeah. anyway, <laughs> we, we marry up, don't we? Uh, mm-hmm. So you mentioned motivation champ. So I want to hear more about that. I know that you do some video with that and stuff, but tell me, let's, let's go to the beginning of that. What is, what is motivation champs? All right. I'm, I'm proud to talk about it. What motivation champs is, is it's an inspiration sharing platform. So early on, I wrote, I wrote a book, the first book I was mentioning there. And in that book, I talked about lessons I had learned and I, I was a student of Zig Ziglar and Ogmandino and all these authors, Del Carnegie, and I thought I had something unique to say. So that's where the first book came from, me just telling my story, my way, going broke, that kind of thing. That's what I talked about and the lessons you could learn and how life goes on and you can deal with it. But what I realized over time is 
you have a story, the person across the street has a story, the person you meet at the grocery store has a story. So rather than I feel ignorant now that I talked about me so much in that first book, and what I realized is everybody has a story. So what Motivation Champs is, is it's a, it's a platform to share inspiration. So if you want to come on there, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, Motivation Champs. We have groups, we have pages. It's a, a safe place to share inspiration, whether that be uh, a smile, a, a sunset that you saw that was so beautiful, a story about a husband and wife that um, fell in love at 20 years old and were married for 60 years old, or or a fitness athlete, or whatever it is, it's all inspiration. So that's that's the root of it. It's social media, and then what we do, we also I'm going to go on here, but we all we also we help people publish books because sometimes you might not you might want to do more than just share a tweet or or have a blog. If you want to write a book, we can help you do that also. And then you mentioned the video. One thing that I like to do is. I like to do video, so I have a show called Discovering Inspiration, and then we also, you'll see me, sometimes I'm down here, give it a message, or sometimes it's me and my daughter goofing around, shooting, playing, doing trick shots out in the driveway. It's all inspiration, just a little bit different. So there's a lot to dig into here. I want to get into yeah, a lot. Yeah, of this. Yeah. I, want to, I want to ask about fatherhood. I want to ask about the video. I want to ask about all this stuff. So let's start back with uh, Motivation Champs. So so that's the platform, and, and everybody can share you know, social media and, and, st- and text and things like that. So how does video storytelling play a part, not only in what people are sharing, but how you then promote it? Like is video, is video just a huge part of it all or just kind of one of those, um, you know, extra things? No, video is today. It's interesting because when I deal with the authors and stuff like that, I love books. I publish books, but in today's world, sharing your story could be, one of the things I always tell them, put that camera up to your face and do 30 seconds. You're still sharing your message. Maybe later on, somebody will buy a book from you, but share that message, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, two minutes, get better at it. Put yourself out there, take that, do that first video because you're going to suck. Like <laughs> You're going to have those videos with, with zero views, one view, the videos where like, every time I make a video, somebody says, uh, Dominic, you looked fat. Dominic, your hair's dumb. Dominic, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't have said that, but it is what it is. But you put yourself out there. You want to share your story, and that's the breaks. And and I'm gonna guess that you know I, I'm I'm obsessed with video, and I love creating videos stuff like that. But but not all video is inherently a story, uh, or at least not an effective one. What sets those great video stories apart from the rest? Okay, I think you got to have a plan of attack. So number one, like I I love like the Facebook live and stuff like that. I get it. But before you go Facebook live, you better have a plan of attack to just sit there and think that you're going to make some, some crazy good video. And well, I mean, you, you don't, how's the audio? How's this? How's that? So I, I want you to have a plan of attack. And for me with any story, I want you to have a, beginning, middle, and end, and the most important thing to me is what's the win? And now I come from an inspirational background. You know, I'm, I do inspiration with a slice of humor, I say, but 
I've got to know what's the win. Like sometimes my nine-year-old daughter starts telling me a story and she'll like ramble, 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 ramble. Cause she just wants to talk. And I'll be like, maybe I'm harsh. We talked about, you mentioned fatherhood, but I'm like, Hey Maddie. Okay. No more. Don't say like again, go over there. Think about what you're going to tell me and tell the story again. And beginning, middle, end, what's the win? That's good. I like that. Um, now you mentioned earlier, Dominic, about uh, discovering inspiration in YouTube. And when you and I were talking to get to know each other before the, the uh, official show, uh, I like what you said about uh, you, you heard this from Gary V that even sometimes you only get one view. Tell me a little bit about how you view discovering inspiration in YouTube and how that kind of evolved and why it's not, why, why views aren't the only important thing. Well, one, because you're supposed to be getting better every time. So number one, I believe in every piece of content I put out, I believe in it. And I think that's the one that's going viral. I have that belief because I, I think I'm putting out good quality, the message strong, but each time you're defining your message. So if one I put out gets no views, well, I didn't necessarily put that out to get a million views or any. I put it out because I believed in the message. I still believe in the message. You go back to any video I made in the last year, whether it has zero, zero views or one view or 600 views, whatever they are, I believe in it. So the views, it's all, it's all BS. You know, it's about, you didn't do it. If you set out, me, you, anybody here, to get views, that's the lamest goal. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's got to be bigger than that. What, like me, I just want to share inspiration. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping two people watch it, three people, and they get something out of it. They, share, they send me a message about, hey, I saw that video. You know, it made me think about this time or that time. That's all I'm trying to do. So with books and everything, like people come to me and they say, well, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Well, when we started your goal was you wanted to share this message. You wanted to get this message out. Don't lose track of that. And it, it sucks when somebody else has a million views and you know your video is better. Well, keep grinding. Sometimes people catch a break. Sometimes people get on Oprah's favorite things or Ellen happens to pick up her phone that day and right. she thinks you're funny, you know, and now you get 14 million views. So I just think you put it out, you put out that content and, you know, I'm, I always think like, I want to be out there. I'm going to be ready for when my break comes. Yep. So I'll, I, so I'm going to tell you a quick anecdote here. Yeah. Like a few years ago when I was doing my book stuff, I, I thought I was at the point where I needed uh, an agent to like book speaking gigs and things like that. And the guy said to me, he's like, Dominic, you know, at this point you don't need that. He's like, just get ready get ready for your big break. So when you ask me a question that I don't go, duh, <laughs> that I'm ready for when that time comes. So every, it's all just practice. It's all the grind, you know, it's like knocking on the door and getting told no, you got to get told no a lot of times before you hear the yes. And that's what it's all about. So for storytellers that are listening, it's but what I hear you say, Dominic, is it's all about the storytelling craft. Just keep telling those stories. Doesn't matter if you don't get all those views. Doesn't matter if Oprah doesn't talk to you. Doesn't matter if what matters is you're telling your story and you're getting better at it. And just keep doing it for the love of it. Absolutely. So right. when I do when I do the discovering inspiration, that's a show where I am putting hours and hours and hours into the editing. I'm putting 
hours and hours into where we're going to go, who we're going to talk to. And at this point, each time I um, agonize over the edits I'm making because mm. I just, I care that much because I want it to be better and better and better and better. Well, I know the words are popping up a better way now, or they look like down at the bottom of the screen, it, it, they look a better way or the, the transitions from one place to another are better. And it's part, partly, I'm just so proud of, you know, trying to make the perfect story, the person I'm talking to, I want them to see it and be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And if I get the views, Hey, so be it. All right. That's a plus. Absolutely. That's cool, man. So, so I know one of your, one of your books is the unofficial guide to fatherhood. And you talked about your daughter um, and about her helping her tell better stories. How does storytelling impact your parenting or how does parenting impact your storytelling? Is it all kind of part of who you are as a, as a human? Does it all bleed together? I, I absolutely think it ble bleeds together. That's a good way to put it. But one in today's world, you, you got to do what your kids want to do. And no matter what, they are in an internet age, a social media age. That's their world. That's what they know. So I can't talk to them about um, a book I read 20 years ago. I got to get a, a doctor told me one day, he said to me, he said, you know how I get my kids to talk to me? He said, I ask him, hey, what's going on on Fortnite today? And then once he, <laughs> once he asked him that question, that's what opened it up. So, for instance, my son, he loves social media, loves all that stuff, but he doesn't want to be on the camera. So he records a lot of our stuff or takes pictures. My daughter, who loves to be on camera and wants to put on a show, so she comes on camera with me. But then I told her, if she's going to make these YouTube videos in her room, well, how about getting a skill? So now she takes piano lessons or like we talked about, you can't go on, you probably can, but I say you can't go on YouTube for 20 minutes and playing with your toys. You got to have a idea, idea what you're going to do. So it all, it all does come together. And I believe like you asked about the, the storytelling to me, it's relatable. If I can tell you a story and put it in, today's terms or tell you a story about, Hey, when I was in school and I acted like an idiot, I got beat up or I got punched in the face or, and let you know what I did and why I wouldn't do it again. But you're going to be in a similar situation. I today driving to driving my daughter to daycare. And I'm, so you tell me if I'm telling stories, <laughs> I said, Maddie, Someday when you're at a party, people are going to try to get you to drink. And she's like, oh, I'm never going to drink. And she's nine. Why am I telling her this? I'm like, well, okay, well, they are going to get you to try to drink. So here's 10 ways that you could, you could hold a cup like this. You could not go to that party, but you could just hold a cup all, all night. And now don't let your cup go. Nobody's going to know. Oh, you got a cup. There you go. So, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. All right. Well, you could pour it out. You could do this. You could do that. So just putting it into simple everyday terms. Mm -hmm. I think it's helps the kids a lot. And for a guy who goes and tells stories from the stage, who writes books, who does videos, uh, who, who has, has an audience, uh, do your kids see that you're cool and you have an audience or they look at mm -hmm. you and go, all right, dead enough. Come on. Hey, well, you know, it's I want to know this cause I have that problem at home. <laughs> well, I was telling my, 
uh, son something from the stairs the other day. I'm looking down at him and he said, dad, I don't need another lecture. <laughs> so I don't know that I am, will ever be cool with them, but uh, sometimes they don't mind me being in the same room with them. Yeah. That's about all we can hope for yeah. some days. Uh, so Dominic, what's a story if you think back over the years that has changed your life? You mentioned Zig Ziglar, Dale Carnegie, some of these, these big names. Is there anything that, that they told or maybe that happened in your life that really just kind of changed you that, you know, because I mean, because again, story is so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a story that changed your life? There is. And I'm going to go to, I'm going to go with a book here and it's called, it's called uh, the, uh, the author's Augmentino and it's called the world's greatest salesman. And it's, it's just a little book and it's, and this was before I read or anything like that. And it's it, in it, it has scrolls and it has 10 scrolls where if you read them every day for 30 straight days, they, it's supposed to become a habit. And I didn't know about inspiration. I didn't know about anything, but shooting basketball at the time. <laughs> and my, my, my dad gave me the book and some of the scrolls will are like, I will act now. I will act now. I will greet each day with love in the heart. I must persist until I succeed. So these, um, nuggets these scrolls the the 10 scrolls in there i read that book and over the years when i when my dad first gave me the book i didn't even understand what it was talking about so um but i read those scrolls and i got something out of it but then over the years i went back and back and studied this book and all of a sudden that these lessons and i started to add in all the the joel scenes the del carnegie's the zig ziglar's the john c maxwell's presidents kennedy reagan lincoln all these guys i can't get enough of it i just i want to read it all i want to know i want to know history history repeats itself i want to know these these leaders what they were going through the decisions they made so all of a sudden you read all these things and now when adversity comes you don't have to go to the book those habits are ingrained in you so now I can just act and I can just act in a way that's going to help me accomplish whatever goal I set or overcome any adversity. Yeah. And it's powerful to hear those things in story format from the people who live through it or whatever, and to apply it to yourself. That's, that's what I love about story is that personal connection, right? Well, how, yeah. about, how about, how about you? What, what is it about stories, whether it's consuming them or telling them what, what, what do you love about stories? I love so much about it. I love to tell a story and have people I call almost like a dance where uh, I, I wrote an article recently in, in a magazine. It was called success profiles magazine. And I'll, I'll tell you the story and I'm going to tell it just, just as I wrote it. And so I, I help out of the soup kitchen and I become, my daughter goes with me a lot of times and, and, we feed about a hundred people every week. And I made this friend there. I made a friend there. We'll call, we'll call her Alice. Lovely, lovely lady. And she made, she started knitting my daughter gloves and things like that. And she's about eight years old, real, real skinny, starting to forget things, but we give her rides home and we'll, we'll, she'll tell me all kinds of things. She tells me about her blood disorders. She'll tell me about um, her, children that passed away she'll tell me about when her mom used to beat her when when her mom made them 
pick switches, but then pick switches so that they off the trees so she could uh, beat them with. I mean, just crazy stories. I really, I really enjoy my time with her. So we ride in the car. She finds out that I'm an author and I do inspiration. Alice always wanted to become an author. She loved writing. So in school, she tells me when she's 12 years old that she, she loved writing and she was so proud of her work and the other kids would um, like copy, copy her work or ask her to help them do their work and everybody did good. They all came to Alice. So one day Alice went to the front of the class and the teacher was like, okay, Alice, um, let me find out what you, what you want to be when you grow up. And she asked, so she asked Alice, what do you want to be when you grow up? Alice proudly, finally they ask her. She says, I want to be a writer. And you know what the teacher said to her? She said, Alice, you can never be a writer. And the reason why, right, Alice stunned. She said, Alice, you're black. You can't be a writer. So here's something somebody said to this lady 70 years prior that was ingrained in her, something so cruel. But that, that message was ingrained in Alice for 70 years. So I'm, I would say, you know, just telling a story that words can hurt. But the reason I tell you that story like that is to take you, I want to take you on that journey. I want to take you from the highs to the lows and let you feel what Alice must have felt that day when the teacher told her that you can't be a writer. And if I can pull you in and take you on that story and let you feel what she felt, man, that's a, you know, that's something exciting. And it it has so many elements to it. It has the element of surprise of, oh, she, you you didn't describe her as a black American to begin with. So like, that's a a surprise. You know, it's the, the, gosh, why would some, why would a teacher tell somebody that? And it's all these things. And, and it gives us that lesson of treating others with respect and dignity and don't, you know, all that stuff. So that's a, yeah, sto- stories can be powerful. I mean, yeah, very nice. I like that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was good. Um, how do you think, so, so, you, so you told me a story there, you know, as we're talking. Um, I, can, I can go read it in a longer form article. Uh, maybe you'd give that story from a stage. So, so those are all kind of traditional ways to tell a story. But today, social media is one way to tell a story. How do you think social media is affecting that craft of storytelling, whether it's oral or reading, you know, long form books. Has social media affected that nowadays? Absolutely. So I think you need to be in all places. Hmm. Number one. So I believe it. I believe in books. I love the books. But as we were saying earlier with the author, I want you to pick up your phone. I want you on Instagram. I want you on YouTube. I want you on Facebook. I want you on Twitter. I want you out on the stage. I want, because everybody's gathering their information all different ways. So one of the things that Motivation Champs does is we share inspiration 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So some people, when they consume, they want to consume their inspiration, their stories, their their news, they got 30 seconds or they got a minute. You got to have both. You got two minutes. You got to pull them in. You got to be in both places. You got to set up your stories so that you got the first minute that pulls them in where maybe they will continue to another format where it's better like a YouTube or something where you can go into 20, 25 minutes. But 
absolutely. I think there's so many aspects of, okay, get the attention. I got to grab you. I got to have words across the screen because some people are sitting at their desk when they're, they're going to see your story for the first time sitting at their desk at work. So they can't click on it right then because it might have volume or something. So, but they, if you had words across the screen, maybe they'd pick it up later on. Maybe if you put 10 links and 10 tags, they'd find it somewhere else. And do you think that that being everywhere, uh, kind of society and so much media consumption, is that, is that harming our storytelling at all? Does that kind of water it down or is it just a matter of telling it differently and better? And so it improves us. I, li- I like that. And my answer to that, I'm, I'm I'm in the process of finishing an ebook right now and it's about, it's how to write a book. Mm. And one of the things that I am very, I a big believer in, in 2018, 2020 here, Dan has never been able as easily as today to put out content, to make a video before like I read books about Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan signed him, Ronald Reagan signed with whoever and, Warner Brothers or whoever in 1930 and they had him for 50 movies and he was the B actor in some movies and then they put him in 10 B movies before he got to be in the first A movie. Point being is you can put it out right now. You can build your brand. You can start today. And if you make it like the Blair Witch Project, I I mean, they basically used a phone and had a cool, cool concept. They put a black and white in a phone, shook it like this, but it was cool. It caught, it was the right time. You, now I think there's no better time than right now to make stories because there's so many ways to do it. And anybody with some persistence and uh, belief can, can go out and do it. Uh, I like the positive spin on that. That's, that's gets me excited about storytelling. It gets me excited about inspiring others. You, you really can. I mean, it, like you said, Dominic, it's, there's no better time to, to get content out than there is right now. That's cool. That's inspirational. You're, hey, you're natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so, so as great as that was, let's, I want to go back to those storytellers who maybe are having a tough time. If, you know, obviously not everything I would assume obviously not everything you've done has been a golden touch. What, tell me about a, a time that something has fallen short about a failure was, you know, a presentation, maybe or a performance that you gave that, you know, maybe didn't hit the mark or whatever. And, and how do you kind of get through that or a rejection or something? How does failure play into all of this for you? Well, there are multiple, like I'm a, I'm a guy who lost, I've had a restaurant, lost half a million bucks. I've been fired from jobs. I mean, where they just said, hey, 60 a year are gone. I, when I tried to write my first book, I probably sent 2,000, you know, not 2,000, I probably sent 200 query letters where they said, no, 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 no. So, but over time, you build up, uh, like we talked about earlier, of you just got to get out and do it because you are going to get told no. You're going to get told no. So if there's any millennials listening, sometimes life's not the best. Sometimes you're going to get kicked. You're going to get punched. You're going to get knocked down. You're not always going to get a hundred thousand views first time around. You're not always going to make a, a million dollars, you know, at 25. That's not, that's not reality. Sometimes you got to work your craft, wash some dishes to get to where you want to be. And it, it's part of the journey. So for me, 
there's so many times that that I get knocked down that I I fail and I try and if I get if I if I get see reviews or I try something and I went I went to Times Square recently and I, I was gonna I was gonna do a recording in Times Square and I had it all planned out and what I was gonna do what I was gonna say and I had the microphones and everything like that the stands and I get to Times Square and there's a thousand horns beeping and things like that. It's, it's so much louder than the sound quality of my equipment would permit. But one in my, so I know it, well, it wasn't the message was strong, but it wasn't good enough. And, but one of my goals was to do a video from Times Square. To me, Times Square is the Mecca. It's the center of, though it's the center of the entertainment world the world you know and for me to get up even though i you know people are looking at me like what's this guy doing and the horns are honking and things like that but hey i did it i completed it okay now i know next time i go to new york city i better i better have a better mic i better you know this that there was a wedding behind me it was it was a mess and wow. i didn't i didn't know how loud buses were <laughs> But you're you're gonna you're going to fail. If you if you don't fail, then you need to try a hell of a lot harder because you're not stepping out of your comfort zone. You're not doing anything that scares you. I have an uncle who's a golf pro and he he used to say that he always plays with somebody better than him. And the reason he does that is because he wants to get better. He wants to challenge himself. If he plays with the same guys that stink all the time. Well, he's never going to push himself. So if you could just up that bar, up that bar, I think we'll all be a little better off. So failure is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. right. Fail up. Fail up. Fail up. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. That's awesome. I just, yeah, I, I've, I've been to Times Square once and yeah, it's loud. Yeah, it is, it's hard to tell a story there. <laughs> uh, I, I tried. I tried. But I, awesome. I, I accomplished, yeah, I accomplished a goal and what all. Which, which tells me another thing too. I mean, that's, you know, set, like you said earlier, set those goals. You learned that from sales, right? Set those goals and accomplish them. Even if it's not the best accomplishment of it or, you know, or resolution of that goal, at least you've done it and you've got something accomplished and you can keep moving forward. Absolutely. Little wins add up to big results. So you do these little things, all of a sudden you do those for a year, like uh, a river, a river in a mountain took uh a million years of raindrops to make that river. So to think that anything you're going to do, if you're great at something day one, you just got lucky. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you need to put in the time to be good at it. That's uh yeah. Yeah. You're just lucky. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, um, sometimes you are lucky. Hey, good for you. If you're lucky, uh, you know, but but if you're lucky and you go viral, so what what you said earlier, Dominic, kind of rang rang true to me because when I was a, a marketing manager at a mortgage company, one of the things they want to do was go viral. Okay, great, we'll try that. But I cautioned them: if we go viral with these videos and we haven't done any other content, it's not going to matter. And so getting lucky that first time is fun, but it's not going to matter if you don't have a body of work or a work ethic or whatever behind it to keep growing. You know, so and it's so the same thing with, with storytellers, I would say, don't you think? I mean, you've got yeah, a body of work. If, if you just, like you say, if you just go out and you blow one thing out of the water, 
and you got nothing behind that, no substance, where's the substance? So once, that's like when you ask, when you, like we talked about sales or you mentioned sales, when you ask for the sale, like people on social media, the storytellers, if you come out and you ask, hey, like I sell me, I have a book. You didn't hear me one time say, hey, come buy my book. Once I, if I ask any time on those, somebody out there that makes that ask on social media that says, come buy my product, come buy it now. Forget about the story I want to tell you. I want something for me. I want you to come buy it from me. That's cool. And once you make that ask, it's over because it's all about they, they like you, they trust you, they know what you're into. And then maybe if, if you've established that relationship, maybe down the road, somebody will buy something from you. But to think that time one that people are going to pay you or this. Or, yeah. It's like proposing on a first date. It just doesn't work. Right. Not, not yeah. usually. <laughs> um, so what's your, uh, so I see the, the, the poster behind you is Goodfellas. Is that one of your favorite stories? What's your favorite story? Yeah. Not only is that, that puppy is Goodfellas, but that, that, that is also signed by each of them. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, Joe Pesci wrote on there, God is good. That's cool. <laughs> um, so the question was, I got too excited about my poster. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, was it a favorite movie? What, what's your favorite story? A movie, TV show, story? I mean, do you have anything that you just like go back to again and again and say, you know, is it Robert Frost, uh, two paths converged in the wood? <laughs> hmm. So I'm sitting there by um, – the Goodfellas. So obviously that's something that, that speaks to me. But a story that I really enjoy is The Great Gatsby. Mm. And one of the things that, as we do, you, it correlates here. I, I love the, the intrigue of uh, Gatsby and who you think he is and in your mind. So I actually read the book before I saw the movie with uh, Robert Redford later on. Um, it's Leonardo, right? Leonardo. Yeah, and I like them both. But when I read the book, and here's something that for our storytellers, when I read the book, I thought of Gatsby. Gatsby was so rich, so handsome, so he was, you know, I mean, I almost wanted to be Gatsby in a lot of ways. And then Redford wasn't Gatsby to me because telling a story once you see it, it's different. So now they can, they're getting a whole different story with Leonardo DiCaprio compared to Robert Redford compared to the Gatsby I, I saw in the book. But I, I'm very, I love the, the, like I told that story earlier, but I love the, the journey it took us on from he was a nobody, he was a somebody, he was nobody, and then nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you gone back over the years and reread it again and again? I, I haven't reread it. I should reread it. But so I read it. I, I read it. Then I watched both of the movies, but I haven't reread it. I should find that. But it's one that sticks in your mind at least. So yeah, yes. that's good. Um, I always liked uh, Steinbeck's of, of Mice and Men. Okay. I don't so know. For it. some reason there's just, I go, I go back to that one and, and Lenny and uh, the puppies, I think it was anyway. Um, yeah, it was a good one. Steinbeck was, was a good one for me uh, growing up in, in high school. So. Um, so if somebody said to you, Dominic, you're all done telling stories. You can't be a storyteller anymore. Um, but you can tell one last one. We'll give you one more. What, what, uh, what would that last story be for you? That story. Hmm, that's quite a question. Um, 
the, the way the way I would tell it is that whatever you want to achieve, it's possible. So many people have come from nothing, far, you know, far less, you know, far less talented, far less educated, far less um, fiscal resources, and they've achieved great things. J.K. Rawlings lived in her car. Abraham Lincoln lived in a log cabin. <laughs> so you start to see, and that, that would be, to me, my story that I would like to share is just that whatever you set out to achieve, it is possible. And I hope that I can help people achieve those things. I hope that I can change the world and uplift people, and we'll see what happens. That's a good one to go out on. And inspire. I like changing lives. So, um, Dominic, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you being on, on the Storytellers Network. Where can people find you, your books, uh, whether it's, you know, Go Ask Your Dad or, or the new one, the, the Journey of a Grunt? Uh, where's the best place to find you? Uh, I like to say Motivation Champs, Motivation Champs, Motivation Champs. We're on YouTube. I need your help. Uh, come check out the YouTube page. Check out the show, Discovering Inspiration. And then we have Facebook groups, Motivation Champs, and all the books are on Amazon too. And if you look up motivationchamps.com, anybody that comes through there, I sign all the books and I'd love, love to see you on any of those uh, forms of media. Awesome, man. We'll put them in the show notes for you too then. Great. Well, thanks for being a part of the Storytellers Network, my friend. You're the man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you to my guest, Dominic Damaski. Uh, be sure to visit him online and Motivation Champs. You can find those links in the resources uh, down below and including how to buy his books, uh, The Journey of a Grunt, Go Ask Your Dad, and Don't Double Bread the Fish. All that's in the show notes. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider sharing it all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, text it to somebody. Anywhere you can share with other storytellers is always helpful. And please consider leaving a review. In fact, DeWarrant's constant left this kind review and concise titled the great titled great one, not the great one. That's not me, but great one. Uh, this was such a great podcast. I look forward to up and coming episodes. Keep doing it for the people. Thanks for the kind words DeWarrant's and I will keep doing it for the people. That's why I'm here until next time. Here's to telling our stories and having those stories to tell. Cheers. Cheers.